Welcome to the Maximus Podcast with your hosts, Joe Sabula and Bobby Maximus. Today's episode is sponsored by Lalo Tactical. For the very best in tactical shoes and workout shoes and boots, go to lalo.com. Use the code Maximus20 to pick yourself up 20% off. Please, pretty, pretty please buy the Maximus shoe. (laughs) I cannot sell enough of these things. Uh, Joe, the shameless self-promotion has hit a new low. (laughs) Yes, we're begging now. (laughs) Yep. Check out Nitor Performance, N-I-T-O-R, performance.com. It's a protein powder that Joe and I really, really believe in. It's something that we take on a regular basis, and it's something we'll actually talk about fairly organically later in the podcast. So go there, buy some Nitor Protein. My favorite flavor is the the peanut butter chocolate. I love it, but the vanilla and the Dutch chocolate are also delicious. Use the code MAXIMUSPODCAST for 20% off. I mentioned how we're going to talk about protein later, Joe, Mm -hmm. and the reason is today we're going to dedicate to nutrition. Yes, at last. This one uh, has been highly requested. A long time coming. Yeah. And the reality is there's three different areas I would say you need to pay attention to in Mm -hmm. life if you want to get fit. Mm -hmm. One is working out in the gym. You have to train. You can eat a perfect diet, but if you don't train, you're not going to be that fit. Right. The next area is nutrition. If you work out all the time, but you eat like an asshole, there's going to be some negative consequences. Yes. And listen, before everyone gets all up in a knot and says, well, I know a guy who drinks a bunch of booze and eats like garbage and performs well. He's the unique snowflake. Not everybody is like that. Right. There's also a big difference that we'll get into a little bit in the podcast between performance and health. Yeah. You can perform maybe on a garbage diet but you're certainly not going to be healthy. Right. So understand the difference. And then finally, the other area is sleep and recovery. And and that's a little hint for later. We are going to do a podcast on sleep and recovery at some point because Mm -hmm. you need these three pieces of the puzzle to perform optimally, if you will, or live a long, healthy life. Which is always a a very good goal to have. It is a very good goal. Although you don't want to live too old because then you're miserable and all your friends have died (laughs) and you're all alone. So we'll, uh, we'll, We'll, we'll help you uh, figure out how to take a couple of years off if you're interested in that kind of thing. For nutrition, Joe, you and I have a very similar philosophy. Yes. We don't believe in giving somebody just a diet to follow because you can't live like that. Right, right. People aren't, you know, uh, aren't, aren't good with those kinds of rules anyway, right? And, and you know, it, when you think about it, by the time somebody realizes that they need help with nutrition and they're willing to, to reach out and ask for it, they've got 20, 30, 40, 50 years of bad habits already ingrained. And there's just a lot of preconceived notions about food. There's weird psychological food relationship issues to work through. And so it it really isn't just cut and dry. No. And I also remember a situation. When did we go to Florida? I can't remember what month that was when we talked. It was like September, I think. Yeah. We taught some special forces guys in Florida and Joe and I went and I really, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, we had a grocery store. Yep. We had an Applebee's and we had a Whataburger by yeah. the hotel. Yep. Well, what if the grocery store doesn't have your brand of food? What right. do you do? What if you go to Applebee's to eat and your your broccoli and chicken breast that you have on your diet plan isn't available there? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure out a way to eat healthy. Yeah, yeah. And so much of our culture is, uh, I would say, influenced by food. Yeah. If you're on a super strict diet, you can never go to somebody's house for dinner again. Right. Like yeah. a, a, apart from bringing your own Tupperware container. 
Well, this was this was a big issue running a CrossFit gym because a lot of people were very strict paleo and decided to go gluten free, and then along comes Thanksgiving. Well, what am I going to do when my my grandma Betty wants me to eat that slice of pumpkin pie? You know, what am I going to yeah. do when when Aunt Jane is upset that I'm not having a biscuit? Like, what do I do? Like, yeah. now you have to adapt. You have to see what's available, and you have to be able to make a choice. If if you're the yeah. kind of person who who uh, pre plans your entire week and you know packs meals, you know meal prep Sunday, and you've got everything in nice little Tupperware containers, but then a tornado rips your house out of the ground and throws all your containers to the next three counties. Like you've got to be able to figure out how to survive it. Yeah. Well, I always say what happens if Thanksgiving falls on day four in your diet plan Mm -hmm. and day four doesn't call for turkey and stuffing? Yeah. Yeah. Can you just not operate? And so the rules that that I want to talk about, Joe, are rules that you can use anywhere. Right. I mean, you could you could figure out how to eat, quote unquote, healthy at a 7-Eleven if you knew the rules. Yeah. So we'll I say we dive right into them. Yeah, I just hit the ground running. This is what people want to hear. Yep. Rule number one, above all else, is eat clean and pure. And there's a million different ways to say this. If it was made in a lab, don't eat it. If it wasn't a food 100 years ago, don't put it in your mouth. Uh, If it has some chemical that you can't pronounce or you don't know what it is, don't eat it. But think of it this way. In the hierarchy of what's important for diet – Food quality and purity always comes first. Yeah, don't don't come to me asking for nutrition advice while you've got a cigarette hanging out of your mouth, right? Yeah, like you got or, a bigger you got bigger issue to deal with. So, like none of the other stuff in nutrition is going to be as effective or as important if you're just eating crap to begin with. To a certain degree, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean. If you look at the obesity rates in the country, let's face it, we live in a very obese nation. Yes. To a certain degree, a lot of the first world countries have become obese. Yeah. Because we have access to all kinds of processed food. 200 years ago, when food was real, and by real, I mean you could kill it, grow it, or pluck it from the ground, Mm -hmm. no one was overweight. These yeah. chemicals have a very negative effect on our body. And and it's actually funny, Joe. My grandma thinks that bread and milk are healthy. <laughs> but she's not talking about Wonder Bread or right. the milk you buy in the supermarket that's filled with all kinds of chemicals that the FDA doesn't have to tell you about. Yeah, yeah. She's talking about milk that she squeezed from a cow herself and bread that was made from five ingredients. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so there's different definitions. I use the spaghetti sauce example too. My grandma's made spaghetti sauce a million times. I have an Italian grandmother. I've helped her make it. And a good spaghetti sauce might have some basil, some oregano, some tomatoes, maybe some olive oil, some onions, some garlic. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple. Yeah. It doesn't have red number 47, <laughs> potassium chloride, or red number 42 in it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why a spaghetti sauce has red 47 and red 42 in it i don't know what red 47 is but it's certainly something that's not good for you i'll tell you that and so what what we say is look at the ingredient label on your food figure out what it's made of yeah and i think that, rules- that that's right there is a great point like you need to know what's going in your body 
Now, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like, uh, you know, if you if you do the, the, the chemical composition of like an apple, I'm sure there's chemical compounds in there that are difficult to pronounce when you want to break it down. But my my rule is pretty simple. If there's a label, it's suspect. So do some research on it. Right. It doesn't mean everything that has a label is automatically out of the diet and you can only eat raw, unprocessed foods. But you should know, like if, if there's something that's on the, the ingredient list, you're not sure what it is. You've got a phone. You've got Google. Look it up. Figure out what it is. Know what's going into your body. That's that's really the key here, because if you know what's going in, you can make a better decision you know, between option A and option B. And like you're, yep. you're, you said before, I mean, most of the stuff that, you know, you can grow it in the ground or you can kill it are probably OK. So that's sort of like your default, you know, and, and there's so many choices that are available. That's part of why people struggle with this stuff. You go yep. to the grocery store and there's like a million choices of everything. And then the, the conspiracy theorists will remind you, well, yeah, but I mean, there's, you know, 52 different brands of hamburger at the at the supermarket. But there's really only three companies that produce it. So it's yes. all the same anyway, right? But it's like, just do your research, you know? If you're not sure where this particular product comes from, you, you can dig a little bit and, and find out. But it, it's really just about being cognizant and taking a second and saying, do I really want to eat this? Do I need to eat yep. this? You know, is, what what is the purpose for which I'm eating this food? And then finding the right food to fulfill that need. It's just conscious, just being conscious of what's putting what you're putting in your mouth. Well, here's a good example, Joe. While we were while you were talking, I looked something up on Google, and there is this brand of ice cream that calls market. It's called Market Pantry. It looks like something. Oh, you could buy it at Target, and it's one of those big, one gallon tubs of ice cream. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In the big plastic container. So I'm looking at the ingredients here, and I do make my own ice cream at times. Mm-hmm. And the ice cream that I buy would be Hagen Dazs. And a Haagen-Dazs ice cream or the ice cream you make at home would have vanilla, egg, cream, and sugar. Mm -hmm. That's it. Here are the ingredients in the market pantry version. Milk and nonfat milk, sweet cream buttermilk, sugar, corn syrup, whey, high fructose corn syrup, natural and artificial flavor, mono and diglycerides, guar gum, calcium uh, sulfate, carabine gum, a natto extract, and carrageenan. Mm, I've, carrot, I've got some questions. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what a caraga carrageenan is. Uh, it, it looks like carabiner. I don't know what a natto is. I don't know what carabine gum is. I don't know what calcium sulfate is. I don't know what guar gum is. And I don't know why they have guar gum and carabine gum mm-hmm. in here. I don't know why they have corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Is there a is difference? It, that's like saying sugar and then concentrated sugar. Yeah, like it, it, it just confuses me. Unfortunately, this type of thing is not restricted to ice cream. Right. This is how most of our foods come these days. And the other interesting thing is there's stuff that they can put in there that they don't have to put on the package. So that scares me too. And that's why I think it's brilliant what you said about if it has a package, it's already suspect. Yeah. Just just think right. about it. You, you know, most of the good food is on the, the periphery of the grocery store, right? Yes. When you walk in, you've kind of got your fruits and vegetables right in front of you. So you get your produce. Yep. You can go over to the meat counter. There's all your protein choices. 
and you're yep. basically done. There's no reason for you to go up and down the aisles most of the time. And I, I like the idea of thinking, does this appear in nature, right? Like, it, it, like, could I kill it? Yes or no. Can I pluck it from the ground? Yes or no. Can I grow it? Yes or no. If you live by those rules, I can guarantee you would never have a weight management issue and you'd never have a health problem. You know, think about it from just a, a practical standpoint, right? Like 100 years ago, if you decided that you wanted to have some bacon, you had to go in the backyard and kill a pig. Yep. You know, if you wanted corn, you had to go till the earth and grow the corn. So there, there was a lot of work yep. involved in, in getting that kind of food. I think yes. that one of the best things that you can do is actually shop around at farmer's markets. Yes. You know, because now you get all that sustainability stuff checked off. You get to help support local economy, but you also know where your food is coming from. Exactly. The other thing I would say, and, and as a general rule, the closer to nature, the better. Yes. So yes. there's this whole thing how fruit juice is bad for you. And listen, Joe, I'm not one of the people that, that think you're going to die of diabetes because you have a <laughs> glass of orange juice right. every now and then. I think, I think you could make a lot of worse choices than orange juice. Yeah, yeah. But would you rather somebody eat, if you've got somebody on a diet, so to speak, or somebody that has to lose weight, and there's probably a lot of our listeners out there that need to lose a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. Would you rather somebody eat three oranges or a glass of orange juice? Eat the oranges. Absolutely. You'll feel more full. There's less calories and it's not concentrated sugar. Yeah. And there's there's actually more work involved in peeling an orange. So you're burning more calories. Yay. Exactly it. So yeah. just follow that rule. So if you don't take any other thing from this podcast, just get rid of processed ingredients and eat things that are closer to how they're found in nature. If you just did that, that would solve, I'm going to say, Joe, 95% of people's issues. Well, and I'll tell you what, too, like like you were pointing out with the ice cream. If you're really just like, man, I need to have some ice cream, like make it yourself. Like learn how to cook. Yeah. You know, you want pizza? Make it yourself because you know yep. it's going to be a higher quality pizza. It's going to be so much better. Plus, if you're going to do something like have a cheat, which is a, is a phrase I don't even like to use because I don't really cheat on my diet. I mean, you cheat on your wife, too, right? Yep. But if I'm going to have a pizza, I'd rather do it myself because I'm going to make such a better pizza with better quality ingredients well, and feel so, so less guilty about it. Now, now you're speaking my language <laughs> because I can guarantee you in a taste test and back to the ice cream example, mm -hmm. 99 out of 99 people will like the Haagen-Dazs brand better than the Market Pantry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The 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 wood fired pizza from the coast of Italy that some guy <laughs> made himself, you will always choose over Domino's. Yep. Like you like this stuff better. The bread that you make yourself. I used to have a bread machine. Mm -hmm. The bread that came out of there was unreal. It was made with five ingredients. It's better than Wonder Bread. It tastes better. Anyone on this planet who has half a brain would say that. Yeah. Well, and, so and like it, I like I said, learn, learn to cook because it's actually yeah. not super challenging. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last time. Use the example of uh, uh, building a retaining wall, you know. And if somebody can show you how to do five feet of the wall, you can figure out how to do yeah. the next five feet. And if you can do five feet, you can do ten. If you can do ten, you can finish the whole thing. Same thing. Just start small. I mean, cooking food doesn't have to be super difficult. Throw some oil in a pan, throw some meat in the oil, when the meat's about done, throw some vegetables, cover, let it simmer for five minutes until the vegetables are tender, and you've got a meal. And guess what? You cooked it yourself, you know exactly what was in it, and you have complete control over what you're putting in your body. 
Yeah, and it tastes good. And the yeah. only reason people don't cook is because they're scared of it. Like exactly. everyone says, oh, I don't know how to cook. Well, have you ever tried? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not that difficult. I will warn you, if you do decide that you want to learn how to cook, one of the best resources is the Food Network. But you will also end up making all kinds of bad food. And that's just because yes. <laughs> everything's going to start looking good and you're going to start making way more food than you need to eat. I learned how to make a, a baked mac and cheese from watching Good Eats. And it is the best oh, wow. mac and cheese you will ever have in your life. It is a super yep. difficult recipe, uh, but I have to make it at least a few times a year because it's that good. So yep. just be warned. <laughs> Might be learn warned. more than you need to. Yes. So cover off that first rule, eat clean and pure. Done. The number two rule, and I'm glad you brought up the mac and cheese, Joe. I don't really categorize foods by good for you or bad for you. Mm -hmm. I try to relate those foods to your goal. That's exactly right. So in that case, something like the mac and cheese, which is super high in calorie, if you used homemade noodles, if you Mm -hmm. used really good Wisconsin cheese – Mm-hmm. If you used uh, a really good paprika that was organic and, and, and all this stuff, if you put paprika in your mac and cheese, whatever you put in there, if you made that from scratch, okay, fine, it checks the eat clean and pure box off. But if you need to lose weight, you can't afford to eat something like mac and cheese because it's just too many calories. Exactly. Exactly. On the other hand, if you're on the mass gain program, you need to eat all of the mac and cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. One of the questions, if you're listening to this, you should ask yourself, am I trying to gain weight? Am I trying to lose weight? Or am I trying to maintain? Because that's going to set up how how many calories you should eat. Now, on a very simple level, it's not complicated. People try to make this complicated, but it doesn't need to be. If you're trying to lose weight and you're fat, eat a little less. Mm -hmm. If you're skinny and you want to gain weight, how about you eat a little more? If you're where you want to be, keep eating the same. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it, it seems easy. But no, like like I said, yeah, like I said earlier, there's a lot of psychology and a lot of like relationship with food stuff that yep. comes up because uh, uh, people that say I have a hard time gaining weight, I can't gain weight, I can't gain weight. If they're actually weighing and measuring and eating everything they're supposed to eat, like you'll you'll realize they thought they had added calories, but they ended up taking them out somewhere else. And likewise, yes. for people who are trying to lose weight. Like they'll eat a salad for lunch, but then they'll have twice as much food at dinner to make up for the calorie deficit they created. Yep. You know, you tell a guy to go run for an hour and he burns a thousand calories and then comes back and has a couple slices of pizza. Like you just undid everything you did. So there's some subtle, subtle, subtle ways that you, you will even sabotage yourself. Yeah. And, and you have to know at the end of the day, what your goal is and stick to it. Yes. Most people, I would say fail this Joe, not because they don't know what to do. They just have what I call poor willpower. But if you want to get a little scientific on this, really what you need to figure out is how many calories you need in a day. Yep. That's it. It's pretty easy. Now, there are some mathematical calculations you can use. There's something called the Harris-Benedict equation. Mm -hmm. This has been revised a few times. Uh, The one that was revised in 1990 to figure out your BMR, basal metabolic rate, it's 10 times your weight in kilograms plus 6.25 times your height in centimeters minus five times your age in years plus five. That's the equation for men. For women, it's 10 times your weight in kilograms, 6.25 times your height in centimeters 
minus five times your age in years, plus 161. If you're using these uh, formulas, I would strongly use something called bedmiss. Do you know what bedmiss is, Joe? What is bedmiss? It helps you with math. Brackets, exponents, division, multiplication, <laughs> addition, subtraction. You mean so orders of operations? To, <laughs> yes, the orders of operations. But Bedmus helps me remember my order of operations. All right. I taught my 10-year-old son this. He thought I was brilliant, by the way. <laughs> now, for Harris-Benedict, you, you come up with this number that's your BMR. Then you decide how much activity you, you, you do in a day. So if you're sedentary, you times it by 1.53. If you're active or moderately active, you times that number by 1.76. If you're vigorously active, you times that number by 2.25. And of there course, is, everybody is going to use the 2.25 because they all assume yeah, that they're professional level athletes. because they are vigorously athletes. active. Yeah. What I like to do is just pick sedentary because you're probably a lot lazier than you think you are. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, if you only work out an hour a day, you're doing way more than the average person but you're still sitting around the other 23. Yeah, yeah. You're probably not working a job where you're on your feet all day. Yep. Well, this isn't the only equation, Joe. There's also something called the catch McArdle equation, mm. which is 21.6 times lean body mass in kilograms plus 370. Then you have to include something called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And then there's some other multiplication things involved. It gets really, really complicated. So I'm going to stop talking about it now. Yeah. What yeah. I want you to do is block out the last five minutes of me talking. Go to Google, G-O-O-G-L-E.com. <laughs> no, they don't sponsor us, but I felt like spelling that out. Type in BMR calculator and just enter your information and see what number comes back. Yes. Yes. That's probably the easiest thing to do. Well, what I'll I'll say, I mean, you, you even mentioned uh, just talking about the, the first one, it's been modified several times. And so that means they did all this research, all this science, tried it out, realized it wasn't quite right, went back, changed it, realized it still wasn't like it's a, a bit of a guessing game. And on the flip side, you know, they're saying, well, you're burning, you know, uh, 2,337 calories in a day by that equation, but you might actually only be burning 2,327. Yep. You know, because there, there's individual variants in there and those little things, they do start to add up. So you're not trying to be exact. You don't have to be 100% correct for any of this stuff to work. You kind of need a rough idea and a starting place. And then as you progress, depending on what your goals are, you're going to make small adjustments. And kind of see yes. what happens. So you have to be super patient with this. You said it, it's hard for people to, uh, or, or how did you phrase it? It's a lack of willpower. And I nope. say it's easy to have willpower for a single meal. It's hard yes. to have willpower for a day. It's near impossible to hold willpower for a week. And you can forget yep. about holding willpower forever. You're not going to white knuckle yes. your way through this stuff. So there's a lot of behavioral modification that has to happen along with all of this so that you can give it adequate time to work. Missing one meal, you're not going to just drop four pounds that day. Your body adjusts no. for these things. That is true. Now, here's the other interesting thing, Joe. When I was doing some research for my seminar, The Maximus Method, I also found that the Harris-Benedict equation is always plus or minus 200 calories in terms of accuracy. Interesting. That's a big swing. Yeah. So I find that people go through these complicated calculations, like you do the work for the Catch-McArdle calculation of the Harris-Benedict equation, and 
then you just dump your stuff into a BMR calculator online. The BMR calculator online comes back almost exact to these calculations. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you want to know a trick, guys? It's probably using one of these math equations. Crazy, huh? To figure it out, right? Yeah. So it's going to end up the same number. But what I love that you said is you get a number and then you're going to kind of have to play with it. Yeah. So what I recommend to people is, let's say your goal is to lose weight. Go to a BMR calculator, figure out how many calories you need. It says 2,000 a day. I don't know. Eat a little less than that. Eat 1,800 and Mm -hmm. start seeing what happens over the next four weeks. And that's exactly right. Four weeks, not over the next day, not over the next week. You have to give it time and you have to be consistent. If you're having a cheat meal every weekend, you're throwing the whole thing off and you can't expect to see the results. No. And if you're losing weight, great. Yeah. So you're losing weight. You're doing the right thing. If you're gaining weight, something's wrong. Now, people always want to talk to you about, well, if I'm trying to lose weight, how many calories should I cut off that total? Or how many calories should I add to the total if I'm trying to gain weight? Yeah. And honestly, I don't think you need to cut or add that much. No. I would never want to see, just as a general rule, somebody cut or add more than 500 calories. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that to lose weight, you're going to put yourself in a state of what I'll call metabolic distress, and your body's almost going to go into a panic mode, and it's going to want to hang on to every calorie that you put in your body, because your body's literally going to think you're in a famine. Yeah. So it's going to sabotage you from losing weight in the long run. If you, on the other hand, want to gain weight and you eat more than 500 calories, you're probably going to put on some unwanted body fat. Oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. That's just the reality. So I've actually come up with a couple of calculations, Joe, okay. that people can use. If you want to add weight, so you're in the mass gaining business, you want to become big and muscular, like your two favorite podcast hosts in the world, <laughs> Bobby Maximus and Joe Sabula, you times your number by 0.05 for slow and steady mass gain. So if you think you need 2,500 calories a day, uh, you times that by 0.05. If you eat an extra 125 calories a day, you're going to experience slow and steady mass gain. If you times it by 0.1, which is 250 calories, you'll have moderate mass gain, but you'll have some fat gain as well. So you put on a moderate amount of muscle, but you will put on some fat. If you times your total by 0.15 to 0.2, which is 500 calories, you'll put on a lot of muscle, but there will be a lot of fat to go along with it. Yes. You'll have your work cut out when you're done gaining weight for sure. Yep. For weight loss, times your calorie total by 0.15. And so 0.15 times, what did I say, 2,500? Yep. Let's see here. I'm having a hard time with my calculator. My big uh, silverback gorilla thumbs don't work well with this. Uh, 375 calories. If you cut 375 calories from 2,500 a day, slow and steady weight loss with minimal muscle loss. So you lose some fat, you'll also preserve your muscle. If you cut it by 0.2, you'll have moderate fat loss and you'll have some muscle mass loss. And that is 500 calories a day. Remember I said don't cut more than 500, Joe? Mm -hmm. On the number of 2,500 calories a day, if you were to cut 0.25, that's 625 calories, You'll have lots of fat loss, but you'll also have high muscle loss. Yeah. And that's that's where – and you've been there because I know you went through this with your transformation yep. where you smell like ammonia. Yes. 
because your body is burning muscle like crazy. Yeah. So yeah. so we can put those actually. I think it'd be a good idea for us to put these calculations in the show notes yeah. for people. But as a general rule, again, if you don't want to do the work, don't add or cut more than 500 calories a day. It's just not necessary. So let's say now you've got an idea, right? You know exactly how many calories you're supposed to be eating in a day. Like, how do you determine what you're actually eating? And this is the really fun part, guys. This is called buying a food scale and, again, using the Google tool, right? Yep. I've got three ounces of chicken. Hey, Google, how many calories are in three ounces of chicken? And I actually just triggered my phone when I said that. That's funny. (laughs) Grab a food scale, weigh what you're going to put in your food, and then just use use your Google search engine. Just ask it. How many calories in such and such grams or liters or whatever you're you're cooking? And there you go. Keep a log. It's pretty easy. Now, I always get the question, Joe, because Googling stuff, I don't know if you knew this, Googling stuff is hard. <laughs> Counting calories is hard. Using a BMR calculator is hard. I don't want to count calories. It's too much work. It's too hard. I don't want to put that kind of effort in. So We've developed some simple rules for weight loss or simple rules for mass gain that you can use without counting calories. Mm -hmm. So the simple rules for weight loss, no white at night. Yeah. So that means you're not eating any starchy stuff in the evening. Past 3 p.m. is what we call night, but no pasta, no rice, no bread. Yeah, no potatoes, cut it all off. Nothing, like you're cut off. In the daytime, if you are going to eat carbohydrates – make sure you're getting more gluten-free type options. So eat it from oats, rice, and potatoes. Don't eat past 7 p.m. at night, so three hours before bed, roughly. Now, if you're a shift worker, you can shift this to your 7 p.m. You know what I'm talking about if you work shifts. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. So if you work, if you go to bed at 7 a.m. in the morning, you stop eating at 4 a.m. Yeah. Don't drink your calories. Don't have orange juice. Have an orange. Mm -hmm. Don't have a shake have real food because you will consume a lot more calories when they are liquid. Yeah, and a lot faster sure too. It's it's really easy for your body to dive into th- that available sugar. And so you're going to just suck that all right up. You're making a choice here, right? Uh, especially if you're cutting. If you're cutting, you've got a very limited, uh, I guess, resource pool when it comes to calories. And so if you burn 80% of those calories by having a slice of pie in the morning, the rest of your day is going to suck. So you're better off eating the orange because it will be lower in calories, you'll digest it slower, and you'll have more stuff available to get out of better food options elsewhere. That is correct. And I always say, like, the the, the less food you're eating, the better that food ought to be. Yes. More, uh, what's the word, nutrient-dense? Nutrient-dense, exactly. And I would also say delicious. Like, you're better off eating a steak with butter than... 11 salads with no dressing. Yeah, I agree. You'll be more satisfied as well. Yeah. And on that note, make sure you have quality protein every meal because it will help make you feel full. Yeah, 100%. Now, on the other hand, we've got some rules for mass gain. It's pretty much just the opposite of weight loss. If you have a hard time putting on weight, eat white at night. Yeah. High calorie meals at night. It's something sumo wrestlers do. Just a ton of rice and pasta before bed. Number two. Eat foods that are higher in gluten because you're going to be able to get higher calories in. There's more bang from your buck. Like you can eat a lot of bread. Yeah, yeah. 
You can eat a lot of pasta. I said don't eat at night to lose weight. Eat right before bed if you want to gain weight. No drinking calories for mass gain. Liquid meals. You'd be shocked how many calories you can stuff inside a blender. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you could you can get 2,000 calories in a shake. And you can Easy. slam it in 15 seconds. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're really having a hard time gaining weight, you need to put on weight, eat some processed food because mm-hmm. processed food will make you fat. Yes, it will. So those are the simple rules if you don't want to bother counting. And Joe, listen, I get it. I'm one of the most dedicated people you'll meet. I don't want to count calories. Mm-hmm. Like I've already worked out today. I've had a sauna. I've spent time in my recovery boots. I've had a busy, busy day. Who really wants to come home and get on their phone or get on their computer and start calculating calories? I get how you just want to eat and I get yeah. how that can make it not enjoyable, but you've got to follow the rules. Well, and, and if you, you do want to be precise, right? I said you can't be exact, but you want to be as precise as you can be and you want to be dedicated. So you, you do. You get your food scale. You use your, your calorie calculator using MyFitnessPal, whatever. Uh, in the beginning, if you've never done it before, it's actually a good exercise to do it. And yep. what, what I used during, during my transformation was I just had a couple of meals that I had figured out. And, and I talked about this in that podcast of like in the morning, you know, I would have like two eggs, two bacon and a slice of toast. Well, what can you do with that? I mean, that could be like uh, I could make an omelet out of that. I could make uh, like a, a breakfast sandwich out of that. I could just have them as separate ingredients. But I never had to reweigh and measure once I already kind of had that meal figured out. And once I have, you know, six to ten meals that I can go back to that I all know follow the rules. Well, you know, I, I know if I'm just going to have a slab of steak, I know exactly how much it should weigh. I know how big it needs to be. And that's checked off. I don't have to weigh and measure it every single time to be so precise. It does help yes. every once in a while to go back and remeasure because you'd be surprised at how much a four ounce steak can start growing if you don't pay attention. You know, a yes. month later, what you thought was four ounces is 12 and you're like, oh, yeah, no wonder I haven't been losing weight. But you can only yeah. you can only really learn that if you start off weighing and measuring. So some of it yes. is it is super annoying in the beginning, but just know that as time goes on, you do get better at eyeballing things to the point where you're still going to see results even if you're not weighing and measuring every single bite that goes in your mouth because that is a little yeah. bit neurotic. Plus or minus 50 calories a day is probably not going to make or break your fitness dreams. Yeah, yeah. Is what I tell people, right? Like when we say approximately this many calories, it's approximately – well, and I think it depends like what your, 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 A, your goal, right? So we're assuming you're, you're cutting uh, and your starting point. I mean, if you're 80 pounds overweight, like you got a long ways to go, you know, and, and the margin of error is actually pretty good. It's like you've probably been overeating for quite a while and just stop overeating and see what happens. The leaner you get, the more precise you have to be. You know, it's a big difference going from 22% body fat to 15% body fat than it is going from like 10 to 8 and then it's a whole nother thing going from 8% body fat down to like 6. And if you want to be those guys that are up on stage, like a, a professional bodybuilder, and they're going down to like 3, like they are super precise and super neurotic about everything that goes into their body because that's what it takes to get to that point. Yes. So knowing about where you're trying to get to and the level of dedication it takes to maintain that uh, will kind of help get you there. You're not just going to pop into that mode overnight. It does, it, again, it takes time and it is a learning process. You just have to be willing to, to partake on it. Yes, for sure. 
All right. Perfect on that. So the next rule, Joe, because I think we've covered that. If you can't mm-hmm. figure out your calories, like, I don't know, just don't care. Yeah. The next rule, and this is something that I think people really need to hear, individualize your diet. Amen. We've said before that everybody needs their own exercise program. Cookie cutter just doesn't work yeah. in general. Yeah. You got to figure out what works for you. But what drives me nuts is when people do what other people do on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I am going to call myself out. I am the one who perpetuates some really bad fitness shit out there when it comes to <laughs> diet. Because, and I'm going to be very clear about this, don't eat like I eat. You will get fat. I promise you that. People will look at my page. They see a big, ripped, in-shape guy And they're like, well, Bobby eats steak and butter and Bobby eats Doritos and Bobby eats mac and cheese and Bobby (laughs) eats pizza. And I'm just going on this diet because it looks awesome. First of all, let me be very clear and rant alert because I'm about to get passionate. First of all, if you think that's all I eat, you're a fucking moron. Listen, it's called the Instagram bias. I eat six meals a day. I post maybe one or two pictures of food every few days. Yeah, yeah. That's not all I eat. So if you see me post a steak and butter, that's not what I ate for breakfast, my snack, lunch, my snack, and dinner. I'm posting one meal. Use your brain a little bit. Maybe I ate some other things during the day. Yeah, and, and you're, you're choosing the, the one or two meals a week that are worth taking a picture of and posting. Yes. You know, no, nobody wants to see your like avocado toast in the morning, right? So here's here's the deal, Joe. I post a donut or I post steak and butter. I get a thousand likes and a lot of good comments and positive feedback. Mm-hmm. If I post chicken breast and broccoli, I lose followers and Instagram wants to shut my account down. Like I'm not posting that stuff. People only post the best of the best. If I can't take a good picture of my food, do you think I post it? No, because my social media is important to me. So don't just look down an Instagram feed and assume that's all I ate. And I actually, for the purposes of this, opened up my Instagram, Joe. So one week ago, I posted a steak and butter. Do you think that's all I ate in the last week? Nope. May 22nd, I post fried chicken and fries. I don't eat fried chicken and fries every single meal. Then May 21st, another steak and butter. And then I got to go all the way down to May 7th where I ate at Shake Shack. Well, in that month of posts that I just scanned through, I ate some yogurt. I ate some raspberries. I ate some strawberries. I ate some arugula. I mean, I am eating some healthy things. So don't just follow me on Instagram and eat like I eat because the truth is you don't know how I eat. Right, right. Now, this goes for other people, too. Joe, have you ever met a person that can eat whatever the hell they want and they can't put on a pound? Uh, I'm going to say no, but I know what you're getting at. And I do know people who don't seem to be or to have to to put much effort forth. Yes. It seems that way. And I know it's not it's not true. But, yeah, there are some people who just seem like they're just real thin. And they eat like monsters. Pack away food. And and yeah. And there's also, on the other hand, there's a person and it's not exactly like this, but they seem to just look at a food and they gain weight. Mm -hmm. And I know people like that. In fact, you're like that with carbohydrates. Yeah. 
If I walk past anything with sugar in it, I'm just I might as yeah. well just eat it because I'm going to gain the weight. <laughs> they affect you in a very negative way. Carbohydrates, yeah. I have a little more tolerance there. Yeah. But we're also missing the obvious. We're just talking about what people are eating. When you look at my Instagram and you decide you're going to eat like me, do you consider the fact I'm six foot three and 250 pounds <laughs> no, and at 10 percent body that. fat? Yeah. That might not be you. You might yeah. be 130 pounds. You don't need the same amount of calories. Exactly. I work in a gym. So apart from my workouts, how much weight do you think I move every day? Yeah. In terms of setting up barbells, taking down barbells, I work a job where I'm on my feet most of the day. Doing this podcast is my most sedentary aspect of, of, of my job where I have to actually sit still. Mm -hmm. I also work out in the morning, work out at night, and do jujitsu as a hobby. Mm -hmm. So you could argue, Joe, I'm doing four to five hours of physical activity a day. Yeah. This doesn't include landscaping, chasing the kids around. I'm a busy person. Mm -hmm. A busy 250-pound monster needs a lot more calories than a 170-pound guy that's sitting at a desk all day. Exactly. Exactly. So really just use your head. And we're just inundated with the paleo diet worked for this person. This yeah, person did yeah. the zone diet. The new hot ones, the keto diet. Yeah. Everybody's on the keto diet. Listen, all these diets are great, but you got to figure out what works for you. And I don't think the answer is to read an article on Instagram or, or a post on Instagram or to watch Dr. Oz on TV and then decide you're going to overhaul your entire system. Yeah, yeah. Just don't think it's smart. Rant over. Nice. Good one. Number four, skip the booze. Yeah, people don't want to hear this one at all. Oh no, well, no. I can have I can have just clear liquor, right? So I can drink tequila. Yep. Like, nope, nope, nope. You're done. Yeah. Now listen, I don't want to be hypocritical about this because I do enjoy some alcohol. What about you, Joe? I love it. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I I love a good beer. I, I'm a I'm a scotch and whiskey aficionado. Like I, I get down with it. Good glass of wine. Yes. I'm, I'm a happy guy, but I don't do that every day. Is there any part of you that thinks it's healthy or good? No, for oh, no, no. Because no. remember, it, you got to be cognizant of what you're putting in your body. You got to realize yes. alcohol is poison. So if if I'm at a point where I'm I'm like really trying to lean out, yeah, you know, we got like, got like a photo shoot coming up. You need to get prepared for. You got to cut the booze. You just have to. It's it's a must. And listen, I'm not an abstinence guy. I'll mm. say I said it once. I'll say it again. I do drink. But you just got to know the cost yeah, yeah, of what you are putting in your body. And I'm the same way, Joe. If I have a photo shoot coming up and I need to look my absolute best, alcohol gets cut. Yep. Right? And again, it, uh, it's kind of like low-hanging fruit because it's just – it's empty calories and there's just a lot of, of uh, negative behaviors that go along with it. You know? Yep. You don't just drink. Like the next thing you know, you're you're eating – all kinds of junk food, you know, because now your inhibitions are down, right? Yep. So it, it's ju it's just too easy. Just just cut it out. Be done with it. Done. Well, and I think that's the key. What you just said about eating the junk food while you're drinking, I even believe that drinking's not the problem. It's when you drink and how you drink. Yeah. So if you want to yeah. have a drink at seven o'clock at night and it's a small drink and then you're going to go to bed, fine, do it. I guess if you're going to go up Friday night at ten p.m. or eleven p.m., get shit faced come home at 1 a.m. in the morning, you're going to make some bad life choices. Yeah, yeah. And, right? And like it's you, – you've already skipped on sleep. You're probably mm -hmm. going to eat some shitty food that you wouldn't normally eat. 
Well, and you know, um, you know, like you're like, well, I've already kind of ruined everything. I've already had more drinks yep. than I should have. I'm already not going to get enough sleep and going to have to. So I might as well just dive face first into that mac and cheese when I get home. Yep. Your workout's going to suck in the morning, mm-hmm. which means now you're doing double damage. Yep. So just overall, what I tell people to do, if you're not where you want to be physically, just cut out drinking for four weeks, for one month, and see what happens. Yeah. Right? It'll be incredible what you can accomplish. And I've seen people, Joe, just from cutting out drinking, not making another single choice, I have seen people lose 12 to 15 pounds. Well, and conversely, just I've seen people who, who will make huge gains in the gym and never, ever look the part because you know they're going out on the boat on the weekend and just pounding down eight or nine Bud Lights. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's why you can't you can't. Isn't have it Bud both Light ways. okay though? Like regular <laughs> Budweiser's bad, but isn't Bud Light okay? Doesn't mean I can drink like eight of them for everyone normal. Yeah, but so it's I a, it's a light isn't beer, that the right? point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus, it's just the way people are. Yeah. So skip the booze. Yeah. Just final skip thing it. we want to talk about is supplements. Mm-hmm. Now, as a blanket, Joe. I would say supplements, I call it the 2% rule. They're probably only going to help you 2%. Yeah, maybe. Like if, in terms if even of increasing, increasing your performance. Supplements yeah. are not a magic cure. Well, and remember, every, everything else has to be perfect for supplements to yes. have a noticeable effect. Yes, for sure. Don't be the guy, I think you worded it earlier, having a cigarette in your mouth and asking about weighing and measuring food. Exactly, exactly. Like if you're eating a bunch of processed foods, like taking creatine isn't really going to help you that much. Yeah, supplements aren't going to help you. My thing is when somebody who's 30 pounds overweight or rail thin, you know, and the rail thin person's trying to gain some muscle and the person that's 30 pounds overweight is trying to lose fat, who doesn't go to the gym and eats like garbage is asking me what supplement they can take. Mm -hmm. Listen, man, supplements are not your problem. No, you don't even have to worry about it right now. Like what I like saying is this is way above your pay grade. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just it's just not for you. Now, there are situations where supplements can be helpful, especially if you have a deficiency. Yes. So there are certain things we're going to talk about. If you have a genuine vitamin D deficiency or iron deficiency or magnesium deficiency, Yes, you're going to see more than a 2% increase in your life or health or your performance from that supplement. But Joe, most people do not have a deficiency. Right. And I love these people that like to claim they have a deficiency, but they don't have a blood chest to prove it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think you're deficient? Well, I was reading on Bobby's Instagram, people are (laughs) vitamin D deficient. Well, how do you know you're one of these people? You know? Um, So we use this blanket 2% rule. Now- the number one supplement we always get asked about is protein. Yeah, for sure. I I don't consider protein a supplement. I consider protein a food. Yeah. It's part of your macronutrient ratio. It's something that you need for life. It's a building block of muscles and all kinds of bodily functions. Uh, you've you've, got, a, you've got a choice here, guys. You can either take a, a good quality protein supplement or you can eat like 12 pounds of steak a day. Yeah, that's your choice yeah. as a human being. I mean, if but you want if you want to be the guy who who eats, you know, 6 to 12 chicken breasts and, you know, uh, a bowl of broccoli every day, that's that's a great option, but it, it's yeah. much more enjoyable and I think much easier to stomach it, a good protein and supplement. And listen, we push a protein powder on this show. Yes. We push nitro protein. I think it's a very good protein. Yeah. 
But I will 100 times out of 100 times say if I can have a steak or a shot of protein powder, I'll choose a steak. Yeah, yeah. This one, still goes back to the real food is important. But, but for if, a lot of people, they just don't get enough protein. Yeah. And, and like if you just had a steak, do you want another? Do you want another? Do you want another? Because in order to get the amount of protein for the amount of work that you're doing, like it, it gets to be almost ridiculous. And it's just it's simpler. It's easier and just more enjoyable to use a good, Shit, a good it's, supplement. It's cheaper. A hell you get a good cheaper. protein for like a buck ten a serving. Yeah. Yeah. A steak, you're looking at 10 to 15 bucks for a quality steak. So protein goes in the food category and most people are low on protein. When you put a protein powder in your body though, make sure you're getting something good. Yes. For a protein powder to qualify for me, it needs to have three things. Coenzyme Q10, Mm -hmm. B vitamins, Mm -hmm. and 3.4 grams of leucine. If it does not have those three things, that protein powder is not going to work for you. Are there, Those are there are any required. are there any that you would recommend? You know, coincidentally, the only one I found that has those three boxes checked yeah. is Nidor. That's Weird, one huh? of the reasons why we push it to you guys because it's something we really believe in. Now, these things are required to activate these things called the mTOR pathways, and basically, without these three things present, you're not going to build muscle. And the well, theory it, is. I, just to simplify that, because a lot of folks aren't going to understand like what the mTOR pathway is all about. So, so your your muscles want to take protein in, right? And so you take yep. this scoop that it says like sixty grams of protein on the on the, the the tub, and you throw it in there, and you drink it. And of those sixty grams of protein, forty of them you're just gonna it, it's just gonna pass right through you because your body can't even absorb all the protein in a single setting, right? And then what it does absorb, let's say it gets 20 of those, uh, you don't have the the CoQ10, you don't have the B vitamins. And so when the protein comes to the muscles, the muscles can't even take it in. And so you end up only taking in like maybe seven grams out of the 20 that actually made it through your intestinal wall in the first place. And so of 60 grams of protein that you consume, you're only really gonna get seven unless all these other things are available. So what you're saying in English is if you don't have these other things present, it's just your protein's wasted. You're just passing it through. You're just – you're – yeah. OK. Now, I'm not going to say, Joe – and listen, I'm a spokesperson for NIDOR. They sponsor our, our podcast. But I'm not going to be completely biased here. I'm not going to say that NIDOR is the only protein right. out there that doesn't have coenzyme Q10, B vitamins, and 3.4 grams of leucine. But it's the only one I've heard of. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I can tell you that Optimum doesn't. I can tell you that a bunch of the stuff I bought at Costco doesn't. Right. I can tell you that Vega doesn't. There's probably someone in this <clears throat> podcast that, that's involved with First Form. I don't know what their formulation is, but I would go home and I would look at your protein. And if it doesn't have coenzyme Q10, B vitamins, or 3.4 grams of leucine, I would switch it out for the night or. Yeah. If it doesn't list how much leucine it has in it, don't get it unless you know for sure it's got 3.4 grams. I can vouch for NIDOR on this end. I've talked to their scientists. Mm-hmm. Joe, you have. That's why I go with NIDOR. If you want it, guys, NIDORperformance.com. Use the code Maximus Podcast. One point I want to bring up, it's not cheap. You're looking at 49 bucks a bag regular price. Using the code Maximus Podcast, it'll bring it down to 40 bucks, 20% off. But you pay for what you get. If you want to go buy some protein that's 100 servings for 20 bucks, fill your boots, but you're putting garbage in your body. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to that quality food rule. Yeah. Listen, last I checked, you have one body. 
take care of it. It's, it's, it's actually funny, the garbage people, the abuse people will put their body through, and then they'll spend millions of dollars to try and get their body back. Yeah. Yeah. Look at it professional athletes, right? Like yeah, why, why, do you, why do you think they end up bankrupt five years after they're yes. out of the leagues? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So a couple other supplements that you could take that we'll talk about that we get asked about a lot, magnesium. Mm-hmm. Uh, magnesium can help with sleep. It can help with stress relief. There's over 300 bodily functions that require magnesium to work. Anecdotally, I know a lot of people who swear by it that it was a game changer for them. I've never felt much of a of a change, a difference. Yeah, but you you also might not be magnesium deficient. Joe. That's exactly right. Right, you might get enough magnesium through your diet. Most people do not. Yep. If you're going to take magnesium, don't take anything that's an oxide. It's garbage. Your body doesn't know what to do with it. You've got to get some type of magnesium that ends in A-T-E. The brand I recommend is Natural Calm. Mm -hmm. You can get it off Amazon. You can get it at Whole Foods. You can get it at the vitamin shop. It's a nice little powder you mix in your drink. You can get unflavored or this raspberry lemon fizzy drink. It uses magnesium citrate, which is really bioavailable and absorbs easily into your body. We are not paid in any way, shape, or form by Natural Calm. Uh, If anyone from Natural Calm is listening, you want to throw us some free shit, (laughs) brother up. I will gladly take that off your hands. But it is something I use. It's fairly cheap. Now, there's no known side effects of uh, taking too much magnesium, except you might spend a lot of time in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. So if you go buy some natural cob and listen, I'm speaking from experience right now. <laughs> don't be the person that's like, I'm magnesium deficient. I'm going to have eight tablespoons of this stuff. It will be a very, very, very bad fucking day for you. Yeah. Yeah. So just take a little bit. This is like, don't jump in the pool. Yeah. Stick your toe in. Yeah. All right. Vitamin D. Joe, most of us are inside. Most of us aren't out in the sun all day. Some Our of us, bodies- some of us northern are white walkers, right? Like yes. we don't get the sun at least three months out of the year. That's not exactly. that's not an exaggeration. The angle of the sun coming into the atmosphere, your body can't produce vitamin D. And so yeah. being deficient is not uncommon. And a lot of us are very deficient in vitamin D. So yeah. it's something that can help. Now, before you just start taking vitamin D, you can experience toxicity with vitamin D. Yes. So before you start loading up, I would go and get a blood test. If you feel that you're deficient, if you have some of the symptoms of of being vitamin D deficient, uh, lack of energy, bad immune system, depression, things like that, it's safe to take 2,000 IUs a day. You're not going to OD off that. Yeah. But don't mega dose the stuff. No, do not. Get and, and a blood test. If you're doing like a yearly physical, just ask your doctor to throw it in a blood panel and, and they will. It, it's a pretty simple yes. little thing. You, the insurance will cover it 99% of the time. My, my doctor's never even balked at it. Uh, and I've, yeah. I've actually had it tested like in January and then tested again in August just to see if there's a difference. And, and there is. And so I sometimes in the winter, if I'm starting to feel sluggish or bogged down, I'll start throwing... 2000 I use a, a vitamin D3 into yeah. my into my mix pretty and then, easy and yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because vitamin D3 is the best yeah yeah straight like vitamin D it, it usually comes it's either vitamin D2 or D3 you want D3 end of story yes. next creatine and glutamine people always ask me if these are good supplements and I say yes but maybe not for the purpose that you think they're good for right right so creatine helps you with what I'll call high-end strength 
yep. your six to eight second energy system. Creatine's not necessarily going to make you bigger, not necessarily going to make you stronger. What creatine does is instead of being able to do five heavy lifts in a day, you might be able to do six. Yep. Instead of running four or five 40-yard dashes at max capacity, maybe you can run six or seven. So over a few months, the totality of those extra lifts or those extra sprints, you're going to get stronger or faster. But if you're just training for general fitness and you're not trying to get your deadlift from 650 to 700, you probably don't need creatine. Right. It's yeah. probably one of those things you don't need to take. Yeah, yeah, and and like you said, it's it, it's basically a way to to squeeze an extra rep out of a workout. So over the course yes. of, of like a year, let's say you work out three hundred times in a year. I mean, that's three hundred extra reps near max capacity. So if you are trying to go yeah. for like you said, top end strength, where you're already pretty strong and you're just trying to get a little stronger, that little bit of volume can make a difference. But it's only compared to what you would have done without the creatine. You know, yes, so it's, that's it's really correct. it's it's hard to know how much of an impact that has. Uh, there, there's some other benefits to it from a neurological standpoint, but nobody ever asks for that reason. Again, it's it's one to two percent. Like yeah. there there are certain things, Joe. If you took my night or protein away from me, I would have a hard time. Yeah, and and I say that because even me, the king of steak and meat, I can't eat steak every meal. Exactly, it's a way for me to get a high quality protein in. Yep. If you took my magnesium away from me, I don't really know if it would make that much of a difference. You know, I took, right? I took Some fish people oil. Swear by it. I, I took fish oil for years and years, and when I finally just decided I wasn't going to buy the the fifty dollar bottle anymore, uh, I didn't really notice a difference, and I've just yeah, I've never thing. really gone back. Vitamin D, I don't know if I notice a difference or not. Sometimes I take it, sometimes I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, creatine. I do take every day because I am interested in being real strong. But yep. that said, if I didn't take it, I don't know if I'd notice how different it is. Yeah. The point here is there's not like one thing that I take that's like a like a cure. Yeah. Or yeah. like some magic pill. When you can't you Even, can't look you can't look at supplements like they're going to do that regardless, right? Like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm like 30 pounds overweight and I'm not super strong, and then all of a sudden I start taking creatine, and a month later I'm just like jacked, like. You know, yeah. incredibly strong. That's not how this is going to work. You're not going to see that kind of a, a change with any of this stuff. Like, oh, I'm, you know I'm vitamin D. Just, just anecdotally, Joe, the supplement industry in the United States is a multi, 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 multi billion dollar yeah. industry. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who are walking around who are fat, lazy, out of shape, and unfit. Clearly, supplements are not the answer, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm just being straight up. If, if supplements were that good, everyone would look good. Yeah. There's not there's not something you can just take to get better. Right. Um, glutamine is another supplement that I've used. Uh, but when I said earlier, it might not be for what you think. I actually use glutamine for gut health. Yeah. yeah. There's There's been a lot of studies that say that it, it helps line your gut and protects the flora and the, and the fauna in your gut. And since I got really sick last year, I've been hyper about taking my glutamine again. I don't know if I stopped taking it or took half as much, if it would really do anything. Right. But a lot of the studies for gut health, people were taking 30 grams a day with no adverse side effects. Yeah. So if I could take five to 10 grams a day and that's helping me somehow, 
great. But again, I, if you took it away from me, I wouldn't panic. Fish oil and omega-3, there's a lot of people that swear by it and say it's great for recovery. Uh, you've kind of cut it out and you don't notice a difference. Mm-hmm. Most of the good stuff from fish oil you could probably get from eating fish. Yeah, eat fish once, twice you a week and, and you're probably good to go. Yeah, you can also get omega-3s from plants yep. and nuts. So eat a lot of walnuts, eat some peanuts, uh, almonds, things like that. You could probably get enough. Well, and to that, to that point, I mean, any of the supplements that we've talked about, if you're eating clean and pure food, you're probably getting enough of this stuff anyway. You know, if you're not yeah. like the processed food, just it, it, we say it's empty calories, right? It doesn't have anything extra in it. Right. The, the whole food, which is nutrient dense. These are the kinds of nutrients we're talking about. It probably has some vitamin D. It probably has some magnesium in there. You know, if, you, if you're growing vegetables in your own garden, it, it has all the vitamins you need. And so eating whole unprocessed foods is kind of like taking your multivitamin, but just sort of the way nature intended. Well, Joe, let's talk about that. What are the because the question we get asked a lot about we are going overtime yeah. today but i'm i'm actually okay with it joe um because i think it's useful for people yeah uh what are the amino acids in branch chain amino acids leucine isoleucine and valine yeah so people think you need to take a branch chain amino acid well first of all there's leucine in your protein powder mm-hmm. we just mentioned how nitro has 3.4 grams of leucine yep there's isoleucine in your protein powder there's valine in your protein powder but guess where else you'll find those things where a fucking hamburger uh-huh <laughs> a steak like a steak is made up of amino acids you're yeah. gonna get branch chain amino acids in the food you're eating if you're eating from a high quality protein source yes so do you necessarily need some special branch chain amino acid i'm gonna say no now listen there are a million other supplements that we could go over i've tried to cover the common ones uh, protein, which we said we classify as a food, magnesium, vitamin D, creatine, glutamine, fish oil, branch chains. Uh, there's all kinds of other stuff you can take. The only one I would strongly recommend, Joe, is a protein mm-hmm. as a food. Again, I don't yeah. really classify it as a supplement, but it's something that I do really believe in. In fact, when I go away on vacation, it's the one thing that I have to pack. Yeah, yeah. I bring my 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 protein powder. Because there are so many times in a day, too, where I can't get to some food, where I've got to have a shot of protein, where it's just more convenient. And it's just – it's easy to carry, right? right? You can have it in your gym bag. You can have an extra thing in your cart. Like it's easy to keep around and it'll get the job done. Yeah. But but the other stuff, to be honest with you, Joe, if I didn't bring it, it probably wouldn't make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, and, And so now the next question is, does that mean I shouldn't take it? I'm not necessarily saying that either. Mm -hmm. I want to get every little edge that I can get. Yeah. What this stuff comes down to me is, A, can it do any harm? Mm -hmm. And B, budget. Yep. So vitamin D, I can afford 2,000 IUs a day. Yeah. That costs me like four bucks a month or five bucks a month. Yeah. I'm not going to go toxic off it. So sure, I'll take it. Why not? It's Mm -hmm. not going to hurt. It might help. Creatine and glutamine fall in the same category. You can buy glutamine for next to nothing now. Yeah. Like if you go buy the vitamin shop house brand or the creatine vitamin shop house brand, I think 180 servings of creatine now is like 19 bucks. Okay. For 19 bucks for half a year, I'll take creatine. If it doesn't work, it's 20 bucks. Like I'll go to Starbucks a little less or something like that. Yeah. And again, 
it's not going to hurt me because I don't have a pre-existing kidney mm-hmm. issue, yeah. anything like that. Fish oil. If you buy the Vitamin Shop off-brand, which I have actually heard is made by Carlson's, mm-hmm. um, but if you buy like like that kind of fish oil and you take it a couple times a week, it's probably not that expensive. Yeah, It's a way to get some extra calories in your shake. It might be helping you with recovery, and it's certainly not going to hurt you. Right. But to me, Joe, it comes down to can it hurt me, but also budget. Yeah, yeah. Like if this stuff was really expensive, if glutamine was 100 bucks a month, I wouldn't take it. Exactly. It's, it's what Conversely, you can afford and, and, and what you can afford to deal with, right? If you know that taking a certain supplement is going to have a really negative side effect, like that that goes into the, the cost-benefit analysis as well. Exactly. So there is some stuff like people send me free shit all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like people will send me like these supplements for my brain and supplements to help me sleep and something. And a lot of Joe, I don't know what it is. So I don't take it. Exactly. Yeah. Because I'm just, I have to do some research. You've got to be cognizant of what you're putting in your body. You know, nothing goes in that doesn't have a purpose. Exactly. And and like I said, you don't want to take anything that's going to hurt you. Here's a here's a question. We're we're at a point here where I know this question is going to come up, but it's going to be about tracking your macros. Like what percent of protein, what percent of fat, what percent of carbs? Ooh. And and I will just tell you from from my perspective, like try to keep the carbs limited because I know that I'm hyper reactive to carbohydrates. So I, yes. I, I I'm going to go with as few as I think I can survive on, which is surprisingly little. And then I'm going to try to get as much of the rest of my calories as I can from protein and fat will naturally fill in the rest. But I do want to offer a little bit of blowback on that, Joe. Okay. I think that's great for health and overall wellness. Mm -hmm. And when you say a relatively lower carbohydrate diet, you're not talking no carbohydrates. Right. I'm not necessarily a fan of this whole keto thing. I'm not saying it doesn't work to lose weight. But I do think people require some carbohydrates. And I'm not one of the people that believes that raspberries and blueberries and oranges and fruit hurts you. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, this stuff's growing on trees. I think we were meant to eat it. Yeah. You know, um, I always joke about the banana, how it's like it, a treat that God actually put in a package for us. Yeah. And that's the peel. Yeah. Like we're meant to peel a banana and eat it. So listen, I'm not. we're not saying no carbs. We're just saying – don't fill your face with sugar all day. Yeah, yeah. Use your head about this a little bit. And most people eat way too many carbs. I mean, just too much think, bread, think, too much rice, too think much. Think about sugar. that that donut, right? So you, you show up at the office, you're having your meeting in the morning, and they got a box of donuts, and everybody's reaching to grab one, and so you feel socially obligated to reach in and grab one. That's like 500 calories. You know, that's like that's that's huge. And especially yeah. if you if you're on like a, a 2,000, 2,500 calorie, like that's a meal. And you're going to scarf that thing down in about 15 seconds. You're going to get this huge insulin spike because it's almost all sugar. And then you're going to be hungry two hours later. Like it's almost the same uh, to me as if you're going to go out drinking on a Friday night. Yes. There's risk associated with it. Like not only is it a bunch of empty calories, but it's going to lead to you wanting to eat more food later. You know, now you've got that sweet taste in your mouth and and nothing will, will satiate that hunger at that point. Like you're better off just staying away from it. Well, and it's also empty. Like at least with a steak, we talked about high density food. Yeah, at least yeah. with a steak, you're getting a lot of minerals and vitamins and muscle building properties and yeah, things and it's, of that it's, nature. Let, make it clear, I love a good donut, right? I have nothing yes. nothing against the donut, but if I'm trying to keep my calorie intake below a certain level, eating a donut is not a good choice. 
No, it it's not going to help. No, no. And now the other thing too, though, Joe, is we talked about this is for life. Yes. If you are a performance endurance athlete, I would eat a lot of carbs. Yeah, yeah. So that's the yeah. second area by blowback. But again, are you an elite endurance athlete? Probably I am not. not. No. <laughs> so it's it's also really funny that that people will say, well, this this elite athlete eats like this. You're not an elite athlete. Yeah. It's really funny. I think the best example was there was a lot of uh, fervor, I guess, around Michael Phelps' diet when he won the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. 10,000 calories a day. The motherfucker swims 25 hours a week. <laughs> of course he does. This isn't for you. You know, I want to eat like an Olympic champion. I'm going to eat a box of Lucky Charms every day. No, yeah, that's no. not for you. No. Michael Phelps exercises from 9 till 3, Monday yeah. to Friday. You know, when he has a bath, he calls it work. Like, you can't... <laughs> You, you you can't um, get it, Joe, because he's in the water. It's I, I, like I get it. I get it. Good. I'm glad. I had to explain that to somebody the other day. I was like, listen, man, he's in the water all the time. I'm pretty sure when he has a bath, it's like work. But um, it doesn't make the joke as funny when you have to explain it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of people can cut down carbs a little bit. But, again, individualized because that might not be for you. Yeah, yeah. So really all we're asking to do, we should add a, a final rule to this, is use your head. yeah. That, the overarching like just, rule is just use your head on this stuff. You know, one of the things I ask people to do is practice mindfulness. Yes. Before you eat something, just ask yourself a few questions. Why am I eating this? Am yep. I hungry? Or am I eating it just because it's here? Just because it's here is not a good reason to eat something. Right. Or I'm bored. Exactly. Like, yeah. like bored. Or I'm eating this because I'm emotional. Mm-hmm. Find a different way to deal with your feelings. So that actually is a real thing. Just practice some mindfulness. So, and we have to bring her up because we bring her up every podcast. This is a fact. <laughs> so when you're at work and it's God, Karen's birthday, it, Karen. Karen has a lot of <laughs> birthdays, and there's a big ass sheet of cake there, <laughs> or a bunch of donuts, or Karen made muffins and wants to feed oh, the off. Jesus, Karen. What is wrong when with you? When you go to grab one, stop for a second and ask yourself, why am I doing this? <sighs> Chances are you probably don't need to. It's, it's social pressure, right? But look around. Th- th- this is actually really helpful. Look around the office at all the people who did not hesitate to grab a slice of Karen's cake. Look yes. at them. Is that who you're trying to be like? Yeah. Is that what you want to look like? Yeah. Probably not. Fun experiment. I- Walk around the grocery store. And look at what people put in their carts and just draw an association oh, between them and what they're putting yes. in their mouths. Yep. Very enlightening. Yeah, not a good not a good thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and I'll tell you too, having so, having having been a coach at a gym where I would run over to the grocery store to grab some lunch real quick, running into clients and having them almost try to hide their shopping carts from you because they don't want you to see what you're eating at home. <laughs> holy shit. I have a really funny story to end the podcast with. Right. So I am training this guy and uh, I'm in Whole Foods and he ends up in line ahead of me, doesn't see me at all. And he's got a giant bag. He's trying to lose weight, Jim. This guy's got to lose about 30 pounds. And I say 30 pounds. He'd already lost about 30. And he's got a giant bag of Sunny Bears mm. on the conveyor belt. And Sunny Bears, if you don't know, are Whole Foods organic natural gubby bears. Basically, it's just a sugar candy that people feel good about themselves eating because they bought it at Whole Foods. 
you might as well just go eat Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish. So I go, hey, what's in the bag? He turns beet red. Uh, uh, th- this is my first time ever <laughs> buying these. <laughs> Holy shit, really? That's what you came up with? That's your excuse? Like, not like, you know, I ate good and I, I had a breakdown or I figured I wanted a little treat or I'm buying these for my kid brother. No, hey. this is my first time getting these. Okay, dude, <laughs> you are such a liar. Give me the candies right now. What, what do you mean? You're going to buy those candies and then give them to me uh-huh. and I will dispose of them in a safe way. <laughs> Fucking hell, Joe. But but it's funny when you run into people, that same person that's told you, I can't lose weight. I'm following your dietary advice, coach, and nothing's happening. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, didn't I see you in the Taco Bell last (laughs) night? Oh, that's my favorite. I can't lose weight. No matter what I do, I can't lose weight. And you check their Facebook feed, and they're eating freaking Taco Bell for lunch. Goddamn gorgitas. I don't think we can say her name, Joe, but there was a girl who you have trained who used to have every thyroid problem under the sun, according to her, and could never lose weight. And then one day on her Facebook, she posted a shit ton of McDonald's, and I called up and said, thyroid problem, huh? You're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Joe, just go over to this person's Facebook. Next time they're telling you about the trouble they have, why don't you just reference this? Oh, good lord bless her heart bless her heart use your use your head you know (sighs) shit that makes me laugh yeah well and and so much of this stuff like i said earlier and i've I've tried to allude to through the podcast there's a huge psychological and behavioral component to this so it's not going to happen overnight right um i i had this epiphany the other day i kind of shared this on my instagram but the the idea that uh, I, I want people to get in their mind is to pack their damn toothbrush. And what I mean by that is when it comes to nutrition, people will say, I'm great until I'm on vacation. You know, I'm good until it's Karen's birthday and I got to eat that slice of cake. But you never will hear somebody say, you know, I'm going to start brushing my teeth on Monday. But since I've got a, a wedding this weekend, I'm not going to bother brushing my teeth until then because it's just not going to do any good. Right. Or I'm on vacation, so I'm just not going to brush my teeth. It's just too much trouble to pack my damn toothbrush. Like you'll take care of your teeth. You know what I mean? You'll get up in the morning. You'll brush your teeth. You'll brush your teeth before you go to bed. And you don't even think about that. If you're going to go to an all-inclusive resort with every kind of bad food in the world, you'll still pack your damn toothbrush. Yeah. Oh, shit. My favorite is I'm going to wait till Monday to start brushing my teeth. Yeah. Isn't I mean, but nobody <laughs> will ever say it's like you'll just start now. You know, your dentist will give you a free toothbrush and a thing of floss like you just start using them. Yes. Know? So so the dentist has got this this whole thing on behavioral modification. They've got the market cornered on this. And you got to get it in your head that like what you're doing with your nutrition, what you're doing with your training, what you're doing with your recovery practices, they're not negotiable things. It's no. you're taking care of your body. Like why do yes. you put so much effort into taking care of your teeth that you'll remember to pack a toothbrush if you're heading out of town for the weekend, but you will throw all your nutrition and, and, and training rules and all that stuff right out the window. Like it yeah, needs like screw to screw everything else. Yeah, it needs to be with you all the time. It, it, it's just yep. self-care. Well, and it's like that with working out, Joe. It's actually funny. Now that it's the summer, mm-hmm. all kinds of people are dropping out of the gym. Yeah, yeah. All kinds of people are quitting. People are more likely to skip sessions. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. You're going to work 
fairly hard in the winter to get ready for the summer and then just destroy everything. Yep, just let it all go and then come back and do that same cycle next year. And get worse and worse and worse as the years go on. Exactly. Why not just show up three or four times a week and make it part of your lifestyle? Is that not easier? Diet, get fat. Diet, get fat. (laughs) Diet, get fat. I don't know. How about you just eat normal? Or or just admit that you just don't really want to look good. You'd much rather eat like an asshole and not work out and die of some metabolic disease instead of being fit and healthy into an old age. But you know, Joe, I can I can actually get down with that. Here's what bugs me. I I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. I can't lose weight. Can you help me? Can you give me some advice? Some dude at an airport talking my ear off about nutrition when he's eating a bag of Doritos. Like, Mm -hmm. just stop yourself. What I can get down with is a guy or girl that says, listen, I'm 20 pounds overweight. A six pack isn't a deal breaker for my spouse. I'm happy with what I look like, and damn, I like eating food. I I, I used to train this girl. She was a phenomenal athlete, actually a hella good yep. gymnast. Had on a she packed on a bunch of extra weight, and and the thing was she she had to travel a lot for work, and travel involved you know going out drinking with clients, uh, eating at great okay. restaurants, you know staying in hotels, and I mean it was like every other week she was flying somewhere else in the country doing this, and she's just like I really I don't want to have to find a gym, I don't want to have to worry about the stuff. Like I really enjoy what I'm doing right now, and I'm okay being 20 pounds overweight. Hallelujah. See, I'll keep training. I'll take that. All day because talk's consistent with actions. Yes, yes. Just own it. What I'm not okay with, like I said, is excuse after excuse Mm -hmm. after excuse. And then every time you see me, you're going to ask me a question about nutrition when I know full well you're not going to be able to follow it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or not that you're not going to be able to follow it because that's unfair. You're unwilling to follow it. Yeah, that's the truth of it. You're unwilling to, to put the effort in. Or it's not as important as you're saying it is. That's what really frustrates exactly. me. Just admit that it's not that important to you. Because either it will become that important to you because you realize how you've been treating it. Or it's not. It's not. It's like, like do I want to learn to play the violin? No. So should I stress about how bad I am at the violin? Like Not at all. I don't want to play the thing. But you know with nutrition, there's this whole thing. Of, of there's what you do and then there's what society thinks you should do or I guess what you ought to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I think everyone to a certain degree, even the people who are really overweight, they know the right things to do and they yeah. kind of know they're doing the wrong thing. Like they know they shouldn't be unhealthy. Well, yeah, but then then, then day to day, they keep getting presented with the choice, right? Every meal, every bite that you put in your mouth is a choice and you can choose to improve it or keep it the same, you know? So, so that choice is coming up all the time. And for somebody who's, let's say they're 60 years old and they're, they're 40 pounds overweight. They've had 60 years worth of meals to try to make a decision. And that's why I say when somebody comes to you and they, they realize they need help, it's actually very difficult because now they've got all these ingrained habits. They have practiced making the wrong choice for 60 years. And I'm not going to be able to unwind that and get them doing something different now unless they have a major shift in motivation, which is most likely going to come from like a, a, a doctor telling them that they're on their last legs. Well, I want to I wanna end this with a quote from one of the smartest people I know. 
right. Joseph P. Sabula. Hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I assuming completely... assuming you're referring to moi. <laughs> I, yeah. I completely guessed on the initial. I have no it idea is... what your middle name is. You it nailed just it. Joseph P. Sabula sounded good. Yeah. Yes. Good. I had a one in twenty, not really a one in twenty-six <laughs> chance, because chances are it's not a Q yeah, or, or an a Z, X, yeah, yeah, or like an X. Like so, it, it like reduces my chances, but I felt like P was the. It, it sounded is, pretty good. It is P. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm glad we'll keep it a secret. No, you got to come up with something like a weird P. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, your quote. I don't care that you've had a shitty diet for 10 years because my good friend Joseph P. Sabula says you're only one bite away from a perfect diet. Yeah. And we will leave you with that to chew on. Last of all.